Happy Sabbath. Let's uh, start with a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful Sabbath. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your love. Thank you because just the fact of being here today, it's a miracle from you. We ask you that you may forgive us from our sins, that you may cleanse us with your precious blood, Jesus Christ, and that you may clothe us with your robe of righteousness. I ask you a special request that you may use me in a powerful way, that your words are the ones spoken from here, and that your Holy Spirit is the one working in our hearts. Thank you for listening and answering our prayers. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, my name is Luis Montoya, and I come from Crawfordville Church. So, we're kind of neighbors. Um, we, I'm originally, my family's originally from Colombia. Uh, my wife is from Colombia as well. And uh, I've been here in the United States for almost 16 years. I moved to uh, Florida. Then I met my wife in college. Well, not my last year of high school. Uh, we married in college. Then we moved to Loma Linda. Uh, I did a, a PhD in Loma Linda in civil engineering. My wife did a dental school over there in Loma Linda. So we spent five years in, in Loma Linda. Um, it was a really nice experience being in the Adventist Mecca. Uh, we learned a lot. We got closer to Jesus over there. Uh, we had a wonderful church family. Uh, our first daughter was born in Loma Linda. And um, after five years, we moved back to, to Florida. We moved back to, uh, to Sop Choppy. So it's been three years now in Sop Choppy. And uh, our second uh, son was born in Tallahassee. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's uh, a little bit of a background uh, from me. But uh, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to the book of Revelation. Let's go to Revelation <clears throat> chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. It's interesting that, um, do you guys know who wrote the book of Revelation? John, right? John. It's interesting that God picked John to write the book of Revelation. Have you ever thought about this? Why did God pick John to write Revelation? How is John uh, known? The disciple who loved Jesus, right? And God picked John to write the book of Revelation. Is God trying to tell us something? Maybe that we need love to understand 
the book of Revelation? When you, <clears throat> sorry, when you have love, the love of God in you, and you start reading the book of Revelation, that's when you start focusing more on Christ. Because the book of Revelation, it starts with the revelation of who? Of Jesus Christ, right? Many times we focus on other things, right? And not on Jesus, okay? All right, so let's go to Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse 14. And this is the message to Laodicea, okay? Do you guys know what Laodicea means? Laodicea, it's a Greek word which is composed of two, I would, I would say two words, right? Lao which, is, which uh, means people. Dicia, do you guys know what Dicia means? Judgment. Okay? So the people of judgment. Okay? The people of judgment. It's interesting that the message to Laodicea is the message to the last church. And Laodicea means the people of judgment. Can we say that this message is for us? Amen. Have you ever asked yourself if you're lukewarm? Let's start with verse 14. <clears throat> verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things said the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. All the churches in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 have a similar format. It starts with an introduction of Jesus, okay? Then a praise to the church, then a reprehension or exhortation, then a call to repentance, and lastly, a promise. Similar format, all churches. So here, Jesus, to us, to the last church, to the church of Laodicea, he's introducing himself as what? As the Amen, as the faithful and true witness and as the beginning of the creation of God okay so why is Jesus introducing himself with these words what does amen means let it be let it be so right Amen. Let it be so. We always end our prayers with amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Let it be. Right? Now, faithful and true witness. Faithful and true witness. Let's go to Proverbs. Next. Uh, there you go. Thank you. Proverbs 4, verse 5. Proverbs 4, verse 5. And it says 
the following. Proverbs 4, 14, sorry, Proverbs 14, verse 5. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. So a faithful witness doesn't lie, right? Now let's go to Proverbs 14, 25. Proverbs 14, 25. And it says the following, Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 25, verse 25. A true witness delivereth souls, but a foolish, uh, sorry, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. So a true witness, what? Delivereth souls. Okay. So now let's go back to Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. So, first two words that Jesus is using to introduce himself. Amen. Let it be. Let it be so, right? The second word, or the, uh, the second part, the faithful and true witness. A true witness never lies, right? And a true witness delivereth souls. Okay? Now, the beginning of the creation of God. The beginning of the creation of God. What does this mean? It's the beginning of the creation of God. He has always been the creator. Right? He's been always the creator. So Jesus is introducing himself as the Amen, the faithful and true witness, and the beginning of the creation of God as the creator. Okay? To the last church, he's introducing himself like this. Why is this? So, in the grand finale for the last church, Jesus is basically saying, Amen? I will do it. Faithful and true witness, I do not lie. I can deliver your soul. The beginning, the beginning of the creation of God, because I am the creator. And what can he deliver us from? From sin. So we can have victory over sin through Jesus Christ. All right? All right. Now this is the introduction. Let's move to verse 15. Revelation verse 15 and 16. Let's read 15. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would, I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Hmm. So Jesus is telling us that we are neither cold nor hot and he rather wants us to be cold or hot right i ask you a question how do you measure how do you measure if someone is spiritually hot or if someone is spiritually cold 
by your fruits. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Let's let let let's let the Bible answer uh, the question. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. Matthew 24, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax. What? Oh. Hmm. Interesting. So, in the book of Matthew, temperature is used to describe Christianity and is connected with what? With love. So if you're cold, it means what? No love. If you're hot, a lot of love. If you're lukewarm, <laughs> confused. You're in the middle. Verse 16. Again, it says, so then because of, so then, sorry, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So Jesus is saying that he's going to spew us out of his mouth because we are what? Lukewarm. And what does lukewarm mean? So, so love. Right? Do you guys think this is something serious? Jesus spewing us out of his mouth? So we need to pay attention to the rest of the message to Laodicea. So Jesus is basically saying, you make me so sick that I have to spit you out of my mouth. Why is Jesus, Jesus saying these things? If he wants to spit us out or spew, spew, spew us out of his mouth, this means that we were part of his body. Correct? What is the body of Christ? The church. So when the Bible is saying that Jesus wants to spit us out of his mouth what is the Bible trying to say that he wants to reject us from what from his body or from the church okay does this sound like close of probation so this is something serious right something interesting also if you keep Digging deeper, dig a little bit deeper into this. Is that when Jesus is saying that he wants to spew us out of his mouth, it means that specifically we were in his what? In his mouth, right? So how did we get to be in Jesus' mouth? This is my, this is what I think. When we pray... How do we end our prayers? In Jesus' name, amen, right? 
Why do we end like this, our prayers? Why? But why do we ask everything in, in Jesus' name? Amen. Because when we end like this, Jesus basically receives this prayer. He goes before God and He presents this prayer to God in our behalf. He's our intercessor. Okay? So that's how we got into Jesus' mouth. So when He's basically saying, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. What is he saying? I'm going to stop interceding for you before the Father. Mm. This is something serious, right? So being lukewarm is something very, very serious. But let's continue. There's hope. There's still some more verses that we have to read. Let's continue with verse 17. Revelation Chapter 3, verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. So the reason why Jesus wants to spew us out is because of what? It's because of the things that we're saying, right? Is making Jesus sick. And what are we saying that is making Jesus sick? Right? We're rich. We're increased with goods. We have need of nothing. We're saying these things, right? When it says here, I am rich, what does it mean? It, it, does it mean like, uh, like money, money-wise, rich? Are we, that, does, or is it spiritually? If it was money-wise, it means that all poor people will go to heaven, based on this verse, right? But not all poor people are going to heaven. What type of people can say or may say, I am spiritually rich? Is it people that do not attend church? Or is it people that, you know, come to church? People that participate in Christian activities. Right? Usually, I would say nine, more than 90% of the time, or more, people that, that say, I'm spiritually rich, are people who come to church. Right? People who participate in activities of the church, right? People who have some sort of a position in church. 
Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Let's read the following words. And thou knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. From what I just read, this last part, what do you think is the worst? I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Wretched? What's that? All are the same? The worst thing is that knowest not. Right? Because you have no idea that you are these things. At least if you knew, you would do something about it. Amen. Amen. Let's continue with verse 18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. So it's interesting that Jesus is counseling us something, right? What do you think is the most important thing in this counsel? So the worst thing from the previous verse was that we do not know, right? And what do you think is the most important thing from this council? Amen. To buy. Right? We need to buy. We need to buy. So if we are in this lukewarm condition, there is a way out. We need to buy. Right? And what is Jesus buying? What, what is Jesus selling, sorry? Gold tried in fire. A white raiment. And what else? And I saw. So three things he's selling. Right? Three, thing, three things. So, how can we buy these things? Isn't salvation free? So why is Jesus telling us to buy? Hmm. Yeah, salvation is free. Isaiah says, buy without gold. Buy without money. Hmm? But anyways, we have to buy. Okay? So... If we need to buy without money, 
or without uh, gold or without, uh, you know, we need, to, we need to buy. What is the price? What is the price? Do you remember in Matthew chapter 13? There's two parables in Matthew 13. The hidden treasure and the pearl of great price. What's the value for these two things? Ah. Everything that we have. So we need to give everything that we have to who? To Jesus. So what is keeping God's people into this lukewarm condition? We're not giving everything that we have to God. What does it mean to give everything that I have to God? To die to self every day. To sacrifice yourself every day. The things that you like? No. The things that God likes are the ones that I have to start doing every day. We have to examine our lives, right? And see if we are giving everything to God. If not, there's a probability that we are lukewarm. So the problem of this last church, Laodicea, is that we don't know. When someone doesn't know, how do we call that person? Ignorant, right? We can call him also a blind, right? The counsel that Jesus is giving us is we have to buy gold and white raiment. And lastly, eye self so we could see. So we need gold first, and then we need white raiment in order to see. Now, let's dig a little bit deeper. What does gold represent in the Bible? Faith. Amen. Faith. What does white raiment represent in the Bible. Righteousness. So basically, listen to this. Jesus is saying, you need to buy from me faith and righteousness. Or, righteousness by faith. In order for you to see. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting that Sister White says that the third angel's message is the message of righteousness by faith. 
When we start experimenting righteousness by faith in our lives, we start seeing our true condition. Apostle Paul got to experience righteousness by faith in his life when he said the following words, Miserable man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of sin? That's when he started experimenting righteousness by faith. And that's our condition. We are miserable, wretched because of sin. Let's continue with verse 19 and verse 20. Verse 19 and verse 20. Revelation verse 19 and verse 20. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Amen. Jesus loves us. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any, any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Amen. So Jesus is telling us that he loves us. He's not going to leave us by ourselves. Okay? But he's saying that because he loves us, he has to what? To chastise us and rebuke us. Okay? For us to go to repentance. Whenever... We start in our lives experimenting this rebuke and this chastisement. It brings us closer to Jesus. All the bad things that happen in our lives is because Jesus wants to draw us closer and closer and closer to Him. So we can start experimenting righteousness by faith. And we can start seeing our sinful condition. We can start seeing the sins that Jesus that made Jesus vomit. And that we, He can help us get rid of these things slowly but surely. Let's analyze verse 20 a little bit closer. I want us to pay attention to verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. <clears throat> when Jesus is knocking at the door, how is he Presenting himself as. Like, he's knocking the door as who? What do you think? As a savior? As a friend? I give you a hint. 
I want you. Amen. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and I will sup with him and he with me. I want you to buy from me. That's the hint. I want you to buy from me. He's basically presenting himself as a salesman because he wants us to buy, right? I want you to buy. So when you open the door, what are you saying? I, I, want, to, I want to buy. Yeah, what do, you, what do you have? What are you offering, right? And we know that he's offering gold, raiment, and isol, right? So you're saying, I want to buy. The interesting thing is the price, right? Opening the door, it's a personal decision, right? You open the door. That's your decision. And the price we set, what was the price? Give everything. Sell everything, right? For God. Complete surrender to God. Look how this is going to turn interesting. So Jesus is selling gold, rain, white raiment, and eyes salve. But in verse 20, he says... I will come in to him, and I will what? Sup with him. Jesus, is Jesus selling food? Huh. So who is providing the food? Hmm. So the price for these things that Jesus is selling is opening the door. And who's providing the food? We are providing the food. Because he's knocking at our door. Okay? So we need to feed Jesus. Hmm. What does this mean? Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to read starting uh, verse 34 and 35. Matthew chapter 25 verse 34 and 35. Hmm. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. And let's jump to verse 40. And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of these least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto 
me. Hmm. So, the reason why the church is in a lukewarm condition is because we don't know and we think we're spiritually rich. But the biggest proof of this is if we are experimenting righteousness by faith. Because righteousness by faith help us see our true condition. The problem is that many of us know what righteousness by faith is in theory, but we haven't experimented. Once we start experimenting righteousness by faith, and we see our true condition, we start feeding Jesus. And how do we feed Jesus? Taking care of others. So that, that's why it says in verse uh, 15, I know thy works. Because righteousness by faith and works go together. Hmm? Verse 21 and verse 22. And I, I didn't add them for Revelation chapter 3, verse 21 and verse 22. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. And I am set down with my Father in his throne. Amen. So here is the promise for all of us. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. So my appeal this afternoon to all of you is that we start praying every day for God to help us see our true condition, to help us experiment righteousness by faith daily in our lives so that he can use us to reach others because when we reach others without these other things it's it's going to fail we, we can bring people to our church and then a month later we don't see them again some of them after baptism, we don't see them again. But thankfully, Jesus says that He overcame. And He can help us to overcome. So may we grab to Jesus every day so He can help us in our daily battles. May God bless you.